Welcome to the David Pakman Show. I am Jesse Dollimore filling in for David while he finishes out his Christmas break. Let's get to some news. There's been some breaking uh, developments related to Republican candidates, both congressional and presidential, that I want to cover. Uh, first is the fact that Lauren Boebert is pulling a, a Sarah Palin, kind of, a Sarah Palin light, and she is not going to run for re-election in the third district of Colorado. She is instead going to switch to the fourth district where it's a lot easier for a Republican to win. You'll remember, if you pay attention to such things, that she lost her last election by fewer than 600 votes. And in recent days, there have been headlines like this one from Business Insider that an avalanche of money is coming to kick Lauren Boebert out of Congress, which has rendered Miss Boebert quaking in her boots, afraid of failure, afraid of not winning all the time, as Donald Trump would say. So she has decided she's going to run in a separate, completely different district, adjoining district, where she has a far better chance of, of, of winning. So she is going to effectively, what's going to happen is she's going to turn over control of the 3rd District of Colorado, her current district, to the Democrat, Adam, Adam Frisch. That would be my, my uh, prediction of, of, on the matter. And she's going to likely, I mean, it's more possible she's going to win in the 4th, but we'll, we will see. Here, here's a headline from the Colorado Sun. Lauren Boebert will switch congressional districts to improve her chances of winning in 2024. Boebert will run in Colorado's 4th congressional district next year instead of the 3rd congressional district. The 4th is far more favorable to Republicans. And uh, again, Boebert won by just 546 votes last year in the 3rd district, which spans Colorado's western slope into Pueblo and southeastern Colorado. The 4th district is anchored in Douglas County and includes Loveland and the state's rural eastern plains. The 3rd District leans 9 percentage points in Republicans' favor, while the 4th District leans 27 points toward the GOP, according to a nonpartisan analysis of election results from 2016 to 2020 by staffers for the Colorado Legislature. And Boebert doesn't have to live in the 4th District to represent it. That was a question I had, and it was answered by this. Seems a little odd, although there are several Republicans across the country, um, Tommy Tuberville is, is believed to be, is alleged that he is a permanent resident of Florida while representing Alabama in the United States Senate. Not to be, uh, to leave you hanging without word from the little Lauren Boebert, here is a snippet of a almost five minute campaign Facebook announcement where she talks about it. And I want you to please pay attention to what her motivations are, and uh, if you can see through the narrative that she's trying to paint as a reason for switching districts. Watch this. Hey everyone, I hope you had a great Christmas with your family and loved ones. I hope it was full of laughter and joy. After all, joy is not just a suggestion, it is our battle plan. Now for this video, let's get right to it. Today, I am announcing my candidacy for the 2024 Republican nomination to represent Colorado's 4th Congressional District in the United States House of Representatives. It's the right move for me personally, and it's the right decision for those who support our conservative movement. This is the right move for Colorado, for us. Since the first day I ran for public office, I promised I would do whatever it takes to stop the socialists and communists from taking over our country. That means staying in the fight, but it also means not allowing Hollywood elites and progressive money groups to buy the third district, a seat that they have no business owning. I will not allow dark money that is directed at destroying me personally to steal this seat. It's not fair to the third district and the conservatives there who have fought so hard for our victories, of which I'm incredibly grateful. Personally, this announcement is a fresh start following a pretty difficult year for me and my family. I had never been in politics before and I'd never been through a divorce, something I never intended to go through. I've made my own personal mistakes and have owned up and apologized for them. 
It's tested my faith, my strength, and my abilities, both as a mom and a congresswoman. It's been humbling and challenging, but it's also given me perspective and helped me grow. I cannot put into words how grateful I am for everyone who has steadfastly stood alongside of me in the third district and across America. The relationships we have cultivated over the past few years are deeply cherished and unbreakable. 2024 is going to be tough. We cannot lose the third and Colorado's fourth district is hungry for an unapologetic defender of freedom with a proven track record of standing strong for conservative principles. We have to protect our majority in the House, win the Senate, and win the presidency. President Trump has made it very clear that when we take back the White House, he needs our conservative voices heard loud and clear. Look, despite what uh, Lauren Ringlight Boebert has to say, She's not looking to protect the majority. If she was looking to protect the majority, she would stay where she is and attempt to beat Adam Frisch, her opponent, fair and square. Instead, she is effectively giving up that seat to the Democrat in a time when the Republicans desperately need every single seat in the House of Representatives to maintain their majority. They lost Santos. They've lost McCarthy. It's not going to be an easy fight. But for her to act like she's doing this for the sake of the 3rd District of Colorado, she's doing this so Hollywood elites and dark money groups don't steal that seat, you're giving it to them. You're surrendering. It's one more case of Republicans claiming they never surrender while in full retreat. Now, let's switch to presidential politics. Nikki Haley just today stepped in it about as bad as you can, even for a Republican. In today's world, we've got a political landscape that is replete with Republicans, like they always have, using buzzwords like woke. And because of that, Republicans are so afraid of even talking accurately about our history about the scourge that was the hundreds of years of slavery in this country. The tens of millions of enslaved human beings at the hands of white people upholding white supremacy in the United States, or what would become the United States and then continuing on. So Nikki Haley, former governor of a Confederate state, South Carolina, was asked a question at a campaign event by a voter. The question is simple. The question was, what was the cause of the United States Civil War? Any reasonable person wouldn't have a problem answering this question. Nikki Haley, on the other hand, couldn't quite get it together. Watch this. Please, um, what was the cause of the United States Civil War? Well, don't come with an easy question or anything. I mean, I think the cause of the Civil War was basically how government was going to run, the freedoms and what people could and couldn't do. What do you think the cause of the Civil War was? I'm sorry? I mean, I think it always comes down to the role of government. We need to have capitalism. We need to have economic freedom. We need to make sure that we do all things so that individuals have the liberties so that they can have freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom to do or be anything they want to be without government getting in the way. What do you want me to say about slavery? Next question. That, my friends, is cowardice. Gross incompetence on the part of a presidential candidate, for one, but just anybody who has even a modicum of elementary-level education in this country, that was a failure. Why don't you come with an easy question or anything? That is an easy question. It is a simple 
elementary, basic understanding of our history would, 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 would prompt someone to answer, the cause of the American Civil War was over the ownership of human beings, slavery. If you want to get cute about your answer and say that it was states' rights, okay, states' rights about what? The ownership of human beings as property. The upholding, the entrenchment of white supremacy on this continent. That was what it was about. When she says that uh, it was a, how the government was going to run, the freedoms and what people could and couldn't do. We need to make sure that we do all things so that individuals have the liberty so that they can have the freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom to do or be anything they want without the government getting in the way. You mean the, the, those same freedoms that slaves, enslaved human beings didn't have? Is that what you mean, Nikki Haley? You want to be president of the United States, yet you cannot or will not Answer the most simple question. And I think the, 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 the question that needs to be asked is, the answer seems to clear to me, self-evident to me, is why won't she answer the question? It is for fear of MAGA land. It's fear of Donald Trump and Donald Trump supporters who think if you say that it's slavery, that's just woke nonsense. This is why Ron DeSantis and others across the country in disparate conservative states have outlawed certain books, are now banning AP African-American history courses. Slavery isn't exclusively black history. It is our history. And for a candidate for president of the United States to run screaming into the woods when asked this question, it is despicable. Now, part of what you probably couldn't hear, I had to crank the speakers to hear it, were what that, that, that gentleman's, um, his responses to her were when she says, what, what do you think the cause was? He says, I'm not running for president. This is a paraphrase. I couldn't get every word. I'm not running for president. I'm just curious about what you think about the causes of the Civil War were. And then when she, she does it at, at the end, uh, he said he's just shocked that in the year 2023, that she could answer that question without even using the word slavery, and then she just moved on. Next question. Thankfully, she has little to no chance of becoming president of the United States. Uh, more disappointingly is, the man who does have a chance at it in the Republican Party is Donald Trump, who maybe wouldn't even actually know the answer. Next up in Republican politics, in Republican presidential politics, is Vivek Ramaswamy. He was on Laura Ingram's show with the B-team, Pete Hegseth, the Fox News host who says he doesn't ever wash his hands because he can't see germs, so they don't exist. That's a real thing that he said. He is interviewing uh, Ramaswamy about the Iowa caucus and when or what his prediction is for his performance. Right now, I was gonna do this later, but we'll do it now. Ramaswamy is polling, this is from the December 27th, kind of an aggregate of polls across, uh, across uh, from since uh, before July. He's polling at 6%. Donald Trump currently at 50%, hovering around 50 or 51%. So Vivek uh, does not have a chance in the Iowa caucus, but listening to him, he's saying that He's going to win. He doesn't give any real details about how that's going to be or what numbers he's going to pull when it comes down to caucus time, uh, which is on the 15th of January, by the way. Uh, watch this bananas exchange between, again, non-hand washer Pete Hegseth and presidential candidate for the Republican Party, Vivek Ramaswamy. Doubling and tripling down on our spending in a much more targeted way that's going to deliver you mark my words on this a surprise at the iowa caucus on january 15th i think we're going to shock the world actually and so i'm running this campaign in the same way that i would run a company with an actual iq and an actual brain not taken for a ride by political consultants and i think that's going to lead us to ultimately success here Vivek, can you hang a number on what shock the world means? I mean, I've heard you say that before. Iowa's going to yeah. be a, a big surprise in your mind. Yeah. What does that mean? 
I love where we're sitting right now, Pete, where the mainstream media has got our expectations low, hanging me in fourth place. I think if you take where the mainstream media's polling narrative is of having me just in the high single digits in Iowa, we're going to shatter that. And I'm going to leave the rest to January 15th. I think we have a good shot at winning the Iowa caucus. And if you look at the poll numbers right now, I know that would tell a different story. But it's because many of our supporters in this campaign, they're not polled. These are younger people, people who have not traditionally participated in the caucus, but who are inspired by a leader from the different generation. In true Republican fashion, Ramaswamy is uh, jettisoning any advice from experts. He calls them political consultants, but he's gonna, I'm gonna run this campaign with a, with a brain and an IQ. Uh, it, it, is, it is very likely, again, if I'm making predictions here, very likely that Vivek is going to drop out after the Iowa caucus because Donald Trump is there in the waiting to make Vivek Ramaswamy some kind of a cabinet secretary or even even uh, vice president. Yesterday, Brittany Page hosted here and she talked about uh, it's him stopping, ceasing all ad buys. He stopped spending any money on ads. This is a campaign that is ready to stop. It's ready to shutter its doors, pay its bills, and move on for him to endorse Donald Trump and then continue to campaign for Donald Trump. Again, look at those numbers. This is where we stand right now. Vivek, six. Haley, 15.7. I don't have my glasses on. DeSantis, 18.5%. And Donald Trump, 50%. Christie, below 4%. This is not the makings of someone who's going to win the Iowa caucuses. Ugh. Well, look, uh, on the bright side, Ramaswamy, you always have a, 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 a future in radio. You can be a, with that voice of yours, a wacky morning do, zoo DJ, everybody. Traffic and weather together on the eights. Uh, hopefully, that is where you land. Maybe not on your feet, but hopefully that's where you land. In other presidential candidate news relative to Republicans, we have Chris Christie, who made an announcement tonight. An exclusive with CNN dropped this little campaign video that is not even on his YouTube channel. It's not on his campaign website yet. But he is defiant in this race. He is making his mark as the one person who's telling the truth about Donald Trump. We will set aside. I'm not going to set it aside. I'll say that I'm setting it aside as I talk about it. But what I was going to say is we'll set aside the fact that he was there in lockstep with Donald Trump. He's known Donald Trump for decades and still stood by him, still explained away his authoritarian nature, explained away the fascistic policies, was there to help him debate prep for the 2020 election. And now all of a sudden, Oh, he's seen the light and now understands the dangers, the clear and present dangers that Donald Trump poses to this republic. So here is this uh, part of the CNN segment that includes Christie's announcement that uh, not only is he not quitting, well, that's it. He's not quitting. <laughs> you know, Caitlin, it's telling that he feels the need to address these concerns directly. And what it speaks to is the anxiety among some Republicans to really coalesce around a single Trump alternative as we get into these closing weeks here before these pivotal contests in Iowa and New Hampshire. But in true Christie form, he's saying he's not going anywhere, that he is the only candidate in this contest, in his estimation, that is willing to go after Trump directly. Let's listen. Some people say I should drop out of this race. Really? I'm the only one saying Donald Trump is a liar. He pits Americans against each other. His Christmas message to anyone who disagrees with him? Rotten hell. He caused a riot on Capitol Hill. He'll burn America to the ground to help himself. Every Republican leader says that in private. I'm the only one saying it in public. What kind of president do we want? A liar or someone who's got the guts to tell the truth? I can tell you what kind of president I want is a, the kind of man, the kind of woman, the kind of American that doesn't stand in league with fascists. And then when it's, when it's career convenient, decides to stand up and tell the truth. You're telling the truth now, Chris Christie, but what changed? 
This is what needs to be explained by these people who are now in opposition to Donald Trump. They need to explain to the American people, to the world for that matter, what changed? What was it that made you switch tracks of how you think about Donald Trump? A man you've known for decades. You witnessed the same nonsense we did leading up to the election in 2016, refusing to disavow the former Grand Wizard of the KKK and David Duke. All of the racism, all of the calls to violence, all of the insanity. You witnessed it, yet you were there for him, supporting him, defending him, explaining him. What changed? Fortunately for us, one, I think Chris Christie would have a chance at beating Joe Biden in a general election. That's my, that's my uh, read on the situation. Fortunately for us, Republicans don't see it that way. And they will go down with the ship, that ship being Donald Trump. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world, helping you to make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like managing finances with a partner without conflict, making a balanced budget, boosting your credit score, saving more money for retirement, all sorts of really useful topics. Most people in the audience know I'm a big financial literacy advocate. I can tell you Nerd Wallet does a fantastic job here. Listen to Nerd Wallet's Smart Money podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. One of our sponsors today is Manscaped. They make excellent products. You've got the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. This is Manscaped's fifth generation body trimmer and groin trimmer. You've got two next gen blade heads, your standard trimmer blade for taking off a little bit of hair, the foil blade for taking off a bunch of hair. All of Manscaped's devices are waterproof and perfect for the shower. You'll also want to pick up Manscaped's Crop Soother Aftershave Lotion and Crop Preserver Anti-Chafe Deodorant. Whether you're shopping for yourself, maybe there's a guy in your life, Manscaped offers the perfect bundle with everything. The Performance Package 5.0 Ultra includes the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra Groin Trimmer, the Weed Whacker 2.0 Ear and Nose Trimmer, Manscaped's liquid formulations and two free gifts, Manscaped's Boxers 2.0 premium underwear with moisture wicking technology and the Shed 2.0 toiletry bag. I have all of this stuff at home. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code Pacman at Manscaped.com. That's M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com. Use code Pacman for 20% off and free shipping the info is in the podcast notes. Welcome back to the David Pakman Show. My name is Jesse Dollamore. I am the host of Dollamore Daily on YouTube, and I co-host a podcast with Brittany Page called I Doubt It. Let's talk about this year. This year was a banner year for white supremacy in the United States of America. You have the, the rise in notoriety and influence of Nick Fuentes. Part of this, I will be talking about him. You have Donald Trump inviting he or inviting Kanye West, who came out as an ardent supporter and lover of Adolf Hitler. But Donald Trump invited Kanye West, who brought along the little Nazi puke, uh, Nick Fuentes, along for dinner, a holiday dinner, in fact. Kanye, uh, let, let's back up here. I, the clip I'm going to play is Nick Fuentes beside himself with grief, it seems. Disappointed is the word he used, not shocked, but disappointed that Kanye West has decided to apologize in an odd way to the Jews, I guess. He posted on Instagram this post in Hebrew, and I have the translation here. Uh, in a in a variety article of, of what the, the 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 apology is, I always ask myself when these types of things happens, what is the impetus here? What like wh what caused this? What's the catalyst for the apology? Kanye West is getting ready to release a new album, 
you ostensibly would like people to purchase or at least stream or be interested in. So this is one of those, I believe. It's, it seems manufactured to me, and uh, this writer from Variety, Variety agrees. Uh, this is the headline. Kanye West apologizes to the Jewish community in Hebrew in curiously generic message. The boilerplate nature of the message, translated into English, led many fans and detractors alike to wonder whether the message was really written by West or a business associate or even ChatGPT. Coming so shortly after the superstar was captured live on camera, sounding the opposite of penitent. The translation seen at the top of the comments section for Ye's fresh post reads, I sincerely apologize to the Jewish community for any unintended outburst caused by my words or actions. It was not my intention to hurt or disrespect. I deeply regret any pain I may have caused. I am committed to starting with myself and learning from this experience to ensure greater sensitivity and understanding in the future. Your forgiveness is important to me, and I am committed to making amends and promoting unity couple of things here. There are some things that stand out. They are quizzical to me, if you will. It was not his intention to hurt or disrespect. That seems odd. We don't know exactly which incident he's apologizing for here. Uh, but it seems, it seems odd that you wouldn't have understood that when you say you love Adolf Hitler, that you're not intending to cause harm and that you're committed to making amends and promoting unity. If you forgot, it was about one year ago, either November or December of 2022, when Kanye West, along with Nick Fuentes, joined Alex Jones on the air. And Kanye West said things that were so offensive and radical, they even made Alex Jones a little nervous, a little uncomfortable. Remember this from a year ago. You're not Hitler. You're not a Nazi. You don't deserve to be called that and demonized. Well, I I see I I see good things about Hitler also. The Jew I love everyone, and Jewish people are not going to tell me you can love, um, you know, us. And you can love what we're doing to you with the contracts. And you can love what we're, you know, what we're pushing with the pornography. But this guy that invented highways, invented the very microphone that I use as a musician, you can't say out loud that this person ever did anything good. And I'm done with that. I'm done with the classifications. Every human being has something of value that they brought to the table especially Hitler. I don't think Hitler was a good guy. I get the uh, the Hugo Boss uniforms, amazing. Uh, but I mean, just because you're in love with the design, you're a designer, can we just kind of say, like, you like the, the you like the uniforms, but that's about no, it. No, we, we, no, I, there, there's a lot of things that I love about Hitler. A lot of things. Unintended. Did not intend to cause harm. Not his intention to hurt or disrespect. That Adolf Hitler invented the microphone, invented the highway. Got a lot of good things about Hitler. He loves Hitler. That's what prompted, or that's part of, we assume, what prompted his apology. And this apology has now prompted Nick Fuentes, the also someone who has uh, pledged his undying devotion and love for the specter of Adolf Hitler, the historical figure of Adolf Hitler, the philosophies of Adolf Hitler, the ethos of Adolf Hitler. And now he's disappointed in Kanye for that apology. Watch this. Kind of a big, tough black pill for all of us to swallow tonight. Not exactly surprising. Disappointing, but not really a surprise. Our featured story tonight, we're talking about Ye, formerly a presidential candidate in this election, who has officially apologized to the Jews. And... Last night at midnight on Christmas, 
Ye officially and formally apologized to the Jews in Hebrew for a so-called anti-Semitic outburst in which he praised Hitler. And we don't know if we're talking about the outburst last week or if it was about what happened last year. But it doesn't really make a difference. He apologized, and it's so over. It's a total capitulation. I never thought I would see it. Of course, that clip brought to, to us, to the world, by not just Nick Fuentes, but brought to our attention by Right Wing Watch. They do fantastic work. If you're in a position to aid and assist an activist group that monitors these things, Right Wing Watch would be a good one. We have a problem in America, it goes unsaid, that Nazism, white supremacy, uh, sympathies for, for Adolf Hitler are on the rise. Anti-Semitism itself is a massive problem. Who thought that in 2023, leading into 2024, we would have Nazis marching in the streets all across the country? These philosophies rooted deeply in, in hatred and bigotry and white supremacy are on the rise. We got rid of Tucker Carlson from the airwaves of Fox News, but he's still at it. He's a, he's a white supremacist with a bow tie. Just because he doesn't have a skinhead doesn't mean he's not furthering the agenda of racists all across the country. We have the Republican Party, which I personally contend is the largest and most effective white supremacy organization on the planet. Their leading contender for the nomination to be president of the United States is someone who demurs when asked to condemn the former grand wizard of the KKK who endorsed him in 2016. The Republican Party is responsible for this. Silence is complicity. It is a, a bizarre world that each one of us, I believe, has a responsibility to stand up and ensure the safety of our brothers and sisters who are Jewish, who are marginalized, whether they be black, whether they be members of the LGBTQ community. It, it's important. If you're familiar with me and my show, you know that I don't promote crazy supplements, drinkable silver, wacky stuff that right wing shows do. I don't offer miracle cures or anything like that. I promote products that are backed by science and that make sense at the end of the day. That's what our sponsor AG one is. It's really simple. Instead of taking dozens of different vitamins, potentially spending hundreds of dollars on them, what I do is before my morning cappuccino, I have a scoop of AG one in water. Simple. I get the entire day's worth of vitamins, minerals, prebiotics, probiotics. It's in a form that you can absorb and utilize. It tastes good. You can put it in a drink. You can put it in a shake, whatever works for you. Unlike routines that involve all sorts of pills and gummies and the inconvenience and the difficulty of maintaining it, AG one is just foundational nutrition made easy and affordable. I've even gotten some friends and family hooked on AG one because it's just simple. It's simple and more cost effective. Go to drink one.com slash Pacman. You'll get five free travel packs of AG one and a year's supply of vitamin D for free. That's drink a is in Adam G is in green. The number one.com slash Pacman to get five free travel packs of AG one and a free year supply of vitamin D. The link is in the podcast notes. Welcome back to the David Pakman Show. My name is Jesse Dollamore. I'm sitting in for the final day before David gets back from Christmas break. And I appreciate you tuning in. If you'd like to find me again, you can find me on YouTube. I'm on uh, Instagram and Twitter and threads and TikTok and Blue Sky and Facebook. Just at Dollamore is where you can find me. Let's talk about Lindsey Graham. Let's talk about the Republican Party and their the nonsense distractions that they try to pull at every at every turn, the Republican Party, especially officials within it, elected members of the party, are very attuned to how to rile up their base. The things that are shiny, distractive objects like keys jingling before a baby that they can they can um, 
uh, adjust what is important to the base. And Lindsey Graham is right now on a crusade in defense of God's chicken, you'll hear him call it. <laughs> He's been in the last few days in New York City, apparently lobbying for Chick-fil-A. There is a, uh, I'll just let me read you this tweet. This is so stupid. Uh, this is from Lindsey Graham. As if the insanity by the left couldn't get any worse, Democrats in New York are trying to force Chick-fil-A to open on Sundays. I showed up at their Manhattan location today while visiting New York City to send a clear message. Hands off our Chick-fil-A. Join me in this fight, he put a fundraising link, and of course, a God bless. Now, this is a... it is not a total and complete lie, but it's certainly omission of facts that make the story completely different. Here's a fact check from WCNC in Charlotte, North Carolina. No, a New York bill wouldn't force current Chick-fil-A rest stop locations to open on Sunday. The bill requires all restaurants at certain rest stops to remain open seven days a week, including Chick-fil-A. And here's a major part of the rub, but it only applies to future restaurant contracts. You see, in New York State, there's like the the Port Authority and there's the Highway Authority, and they have rest areas. And if you want to be part of of, uh, having a business on one of these guaranteed business locations at a rest area, you need to be able to serve the weary traveling public when they're there. Oftentimes, it's 24-7. Chick-fil-A, famously, is closed on Sunday to honor what they consider the Sabbath, to offer their employees a guaranteed day off once a week. Noble or not, whatever, that's their policy. But if you want to enter into new contracts, this is the deal. This is what New York State is is putting forward. Uh, Lindsey Graham went on with Fox and Friends, the B or the C or the D team, they're certainly dumb, so we'll just call them the D team. And he said a whole bunch of things that are just bananas, starting with that it's God's chicken and then going on to describe the Republican Party as tolerant and accepting. Watch this. Radicals, not Donald Trump. So this Colorado uh, uh, decision won't stand. It's time for us all to fight back. Speaking of Chick-fil-A, <laughs> you wage war on chicks are like you like that? Are you prompting us to ask you a question? Yeah, okay. yeah, okay. You know, the guy on before me, the Christian guy, wasn't that an awesome and dad? And the same yeah, so, What a reasonable yeah. man. What, what an unbelievably reasonable man. So, the state of New York, where I'm at, wants to pass a law to make Chick-fil-A stay open on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Well, if you can have a Satan club in high school, surely they can close on Sunday because they believe it's the Lord's Day. So, uh, Dan, Kathy's out there watching us. To the Chick-fil-A people, you stand your ground. I've got your back. It's illegal what they're trying to do. Trying to make Chick-fil-A stay open on Sunday violates their constitutional rights. And this is one of the most liberal places in the world. Yeah, we'll see and we're going to fight you, New York. We're not going to give in to this. It's not Sunday. It's Wednesday. Th- this is Wednesday. For you, so this I hope is that God's hungry. chicken. Look at that. <laughs> Listen, you've got, a, you've got a Georgian here hosting oh. for three hours today. It took a South Carolinian to come on and tell us that we need to stand up for Georgia's own Chick-fil-A here in New York City. I'll tell you what, don't take Chick-fil-A. What's your order? With you. What's your here. order? What's your favorite? Oh, this, oh, this, uh, the minis. Oh, my goodness. You like the minis. Here's what. Those kids in the Satan Club buying some chicken minis, you'll turn them around. The bottom line is conservatives are tolerant. We are, you know, kind of get out of your business. Mm-hmm. You leave yeah. me alone, I'll leave you alone. It's time to push back. I'm sure this is a publicity stunt, but the idea that the state of New York is going to make a company change its policies ahead from its founding, mm-hmm. they want to have one day off of the employees to recognize the Lord, Yeah, look, and and they can do it, and yep. to the people in New York who are pushing this, you're in, you're in for one hell of a fight. Yeah. Something Graham, tells me this will be a legal case. Thank you for coming here and bringing this chicken. Yeah, we'll yeah. leave it here because I need to eat my chicken biscuit before <laughs> I If anybody's earned today. a Chick-fil-A biscuit, it's you. <laughs> thank you very much God for being Happy New Year. It's only new contracts, Lindsay. If they want to continue to have access to a guaranteed um, monopoly of customers, 
they need to be open on that day. If they don't want to do that, they don't have to bid on the contract and have that business. It's just that easy. A couple of things that struck me as hilarious and hypocritical is for Lindsey Graham, in the middle of a publicity stunt, says, I'm sure this is just a publicity stunt. He categorizes the Republican Party. The bottom line is, he says, conservatives are tolerant. We're kind of, get, get out of your business. You leave me alone, I'll leave you alone. Is that right? Is that why Republicans are banning books all across the country? They are telling doctors you will be prosecuted if you provide health care for people seeking abortions, that they will tell medical providers you will face consequences if you treat and offer gender-affirming care for trans Americans. It is not the party of tolerance. It is not the party of uh, get out of our business and we'll stay out of yours. They want to control the lives. They want to rule this country using white Christian nationalism to, to restructure our society and our culture using their particular take of what the Bible says, of what religion is. And maybe more telling is the fact that he's declaring Chick-fil-A to be God's chicken. These people cannot feel shame. These people are bereft of any ability to feel humiliated or embarrassed by their actions that are so wantonly, nakedly partisan. So obviously trying to distract the base and get them riled up in another kneeling for the national anthem type of deal. You are gross, Lindsey Graham. Let's stick with Lindsey Graham. Uh, I'm going to play a clip a little deep into this segment about his take on Biden's dealing with international affairs right now. The first clip I'm going to play is Lieutenant General Keith Kellogg, who is a former aide to Mike Pence, I believe his national security advisor for the vice president, something like that. And he has now endorsed Donald Trump, just completely betrayed Mike Pence, a man who Donald Trump put in harm's way and was encouraging his followers to kill. Remember, hang Mike Pence at the inaugural or at the uh, the uh, uh, insurrection. So right now there are a a host of different conflicts across the globe. Um, many of them in the Middle East. Not, I'm not specifically talking about the, the Israel-Hamas war right now. I'm, I'm talking about the, the conflicts in the Red Sea with the Khatib, Hezbollah, uh, Iranian-backed uh, militias, with the, the Houthi rebels out of Yemen. These are both Shia Muslim groups that are um, sowing chaos and putting our troops in harm's way. Specifically, there was an airstrike in northern Iraq on the Khatib Hezbollah uh, militia groups uh, in retaliation for harming uh, U.S. service members. You might know I was in the United States Marine Corps. These issues are near and dear to my heart, and I, I, I follow them. But what, what really starts making things amiss is when you get politics involved and people who are craven political operators like former Lieutenant General, retired Lieutenant General Keith Kellogg. Because Joe Biden ordered a strike. They say they killed multiple people who were the Khatib Hezbollah group. And it wasn't enough. You see, if Biden had done nothing it would have been a problem. If Biden had followed the advice that Lieutenant General Keith Kellogg gives here, which is uh, go way outside the box. They need to do something disproportionate, he says. If Biden had done that, this would be a completely different segment from Keith Kellogg. This would be, oh my God, they did too much. It was crazy. Oh, they're, what are they trying to do? Start World War III? You see, certain things should be above and beyond politics. Certain things, like the safety of our troops globally, I mean, you can have an opinion one way or the other about whether they should be there, that's irrelevant to the fact that they are there and they shouldn't be placed in harm's way unnecessarily. And when they are harmed by an enemy combatant, there needs to be an answer. Joe Biden did what he did. I believe it was correct. I believe it was prudent. I believe it was called for. And this is what Keith Kellogg thinks about it all. Saying 
we hear you, but we're really not listening to you. Mm -hmm. When we're looking at what's happening with the, 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 the protection of the Red Sea, the Italians have gone their own way, the Spanish have gone their own way, the French have gone their own way, and now that even though some of the fleets, the, the major shipping fleets are putting ships back into the Red Sea, they're being very, very cautious. And the reason for that is they really don't trust us. Florida Republican Congressman Mike Waltz, a combat veteran, is raising this concern. Let's play it. I think it tells uh, us and our adversaries and our allies loud and clear that deterrence is failing. We have put significant assets in the region, air defense assets, bombers, an additional aircraft carrier, and now have a multinational coalition of ships in the Red Sea, and yet the attacks keep continuing. So how should the president and the Pentagon respond? Well, it, what I mean, Mike, they need to do something disproportionate. Then we need to go way out of the box to bring it back into the box. And it just uh, protecting the shipping through missile defense is wrong. They're going to have to go to the source of the problem. The source of the problem, one is in Yemen, and the second is Iran. When you look at what's happening with Khatib Hezbollah in, in Iraq right now, mm -hmm. of attacking U.S. servicemen, what you're seeing the Houthis doing, the Houthis are not doing this on their own. They're being supplied by the Iranians. The Iraq paramilitary force is being supplied by the Iranians. Mm -hmm. You look at Hamas, you look at Hezbollah, all backed by the Iranians. Those are hard choices. I know the risk involved. Mm -hmm. I know it's hard to do that. But if they don't take a response and they don't make a hard response, this is going to continue. And the trouble is going to spin way out of control and just not in the region, but globally as well. From the Wall Street Journal editorial board, Biden endangers U.S. troops, quote, Mr. Biden is afraid, we use that word advisedly, of being involved in a larger conflict, which might not be popular in an election year, but that anxiety is now interfering with his core obligation to defend U.S. forces. Is the president too worried about war with Iran? Yeah, it's, just, it's a pattern. And he set the pattern. It's risk avoidance. And you have to be willing to accept risk. You know, inside, when you're inside the White House, those decisions come at you really fast and really hard. And you have to understand... Keith Kellogg, Lieutenant General, is a wholly unserious person. This is playing politics with the lives of American service members. When it's very clear, his advice, his recommendations, his concerns, and his criticisms would be different if Biden had acted differently. That's a problem that no matter what the United States Commander-in-Chief of our armed forces does, he's going to be criticized by these people. Because remember when Donald Trump was president, it was all, oh, it's peace, it's peacetime. There's Middle East peace. Remember Donald Trump? He solved uh, conflict in the Middle East with his Abraham Accords. And weird that there's not a lot of peace in the Middle East right now. You see, this is what Republicans do. They have no, no core ideologies. They have no um, remedies for what ails the world. All they have is criticism. It is armchair quarterback. And chief among them, the Hall of Fame armchair quarterback is Lindsey Graham, who was on with Fox and Friends, the BRC team. And this is what he had to say about all of this. You mentioned uh, crime being an issue in New York City, and there is uh, there are a lot of issues that we could talk about. Yeah. And we want to talk about what Trey Yanks was just mentioning. Yeah. We are now at, what, 103 attacks <laughs> on our troops in Iraq and Syria, yeah. and then 21 international vessels have also been attacked yeah. by the Houthis in the Red Sea. How did we get to these numbers? Uh, weakness. We're fighting the Houthis. <laughs> we beat the Germans and the Japanese. We should be able to beat the Houthis. Uh, Secretary Austin and the Biden administration is failing our troops in the field. I admire him. Uh, he's a patriot, but he's not doing a good job protecting the soldiers. I asked him a couple of months ago, Joy, what you were talking about. Is there a red line? Would you tell our enemies publicly that if you kill an American, we're coming after you? Without Iran, there are no hooties. The hooties are completely backed by Iran. I've been saying for six months now, hit Iran. They have oil fields out in the open. They have the um, Revolutionary Guard headquarters you can see from space. Blow it off the map. If you really want to protect American soldiers, make it real to the Ayatollah. You attack a soldier through a proxy, we're coming after you. I don't know why he's uh, maligning Darius Rutker. Is that the, uh, that's the, the lead singer of the Hooties, right? <laughs> Hootie and the Blowfish. 
look, blow them off the map and we're fighting the Houthis uh, isn't a, a, a prescription for, for peace. It's not a prescription for how to deal with these disparate militia-type organizations. These are led by warlords, funded certainly by Iran. That is a problem. But what are we going to do? Start World War III? Wiping, blow them off the map is not a nuanced adult solution to this problem. That's what young uh, uh, Republicans believe is foreign policy. But that's not what flies in the real world. And a, a senator with the experience of, of Lindsey Graham should know that. The problem lies in the fact that they are here for Donald Trump to bolster his chances at a second term in 2025. They're not here for the safety and the security of the United States of America. And that in itself is a danger. Don't forget that the best way to support the David Pakman show is by becoming a member, which gives you access to the daily bonus show, the regular show with no commercials. You also get access to our entire archive of every episode dating back a really long time and plenty of other awesome membership perks. Go to joinpacman.com. Joinpacman.com. Now that Rudy Giuliani has seen and experienced consequences. I mean, we don't know whether he's going to end up paying the $148 million judgment against him for defaming um, those two Georgia election workers, Shea Moss and Ruby Freeman. Carrie Lake is in similar hot water. Carrie Lake famously lost her election for governor of the state of Arizona and went on a Trumpian. Um, saga across the country proclaiming to anyone who would listen or anyone who would shove a microphone in her face that she actually won and it was rigged against her when she lost in grand fashion and she defamed all kinds of people allegedly we'll see how the cases go but there's one case where she called a local election official a criminal and she is being sued and this headline should portend exactly the dire situation that she finds herself in right now. This is from AZ Central. Carrie Lake is in deep, deep trouble with judges' refusal to dismiss defamation lawsuit. The opinion, first Rudy Giuliani defamed election workers. Now, Carrie Lake must prove her claims that county recorder Stephen Ricker is a crook. It's called accountability. And I'm going to play a, a, a clip from an interview she did last week with Kimberly Guilfoyle, where I registered in the moment watching this clip that she does, she's trying to play it cool, but it, it really conveys panic to me. Because if what happened to Rudy Giuliani happens to Carrie Lake, she is everything except in good water. She is doomed here, at, or deep, deep trouble, as the AC Central uh, said. And this is what this is predicated upon, because oftentimes it seems that if one court sees or one jury sees an outcome, it becomes more possible, more uh, almost like precedent was set. And that is what happened with Rudy Giuliani, where he now owes a hundred and $48 million to these two women that he defamed and continues to defame, continues to do the same thing that got him in trouble. And that is kind of where we are with Carrie Lake. And that's why they're in a panic about the election. That's why they're trying to indict President Trump. That's why they're suing me for defamation, for having the courage to point out all of the election not just irregularities, but election fraud. These government officials are now suing me, trying to take everything I have away from me for having the courage to speak out. And that tells you right there they're trying to hide something. Oh, absolutely. We know our elections are not honest. We know they're not, uh, they're not on the up and up. They're not on the up and up, says Carrie Lake, who still pines for high office. These people have zero respect for democracy in America. They, 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 they want power so badly. They froth at the mouth 
for political power, that they will do anything, even if that includes ending democracy in America. Donald Trump went on and on and on and on about opening up our libel laws and being able to sue people for defamation and such, yet that's what they do here. They are projection artists. She talks about the other side panicking and suing because they're panicking. They're suing to find relief, to find remedy within the court system of your criminality. It's not, this is a civil case, but it is illegal to defame someone. Uh, I'm, I'm uh, getting very tired of the links to which Republicans will go to, to end our democracy or at the very least try to hold on to power when it is clear by any metric that the American people do not agree, they do not see eye to eye with the philosophies and the agenda of the Republican Party and the, the path that they want to lead us down. Julie Banderas. <laughs> Every once in a while, you run into a clip that is just, it is chef's kiss. Because Republicans, especially on Fox News, want to talk about free speech. I have at the ready, right here on my desk at all times, a pocket constitution. And it has become a prop for the show. I figure if Republicans use the constitution as a prop, why can't I? If they feign love for this document, why can't I flash it around and use it like they use it? The First Amendment guarantees us, protects our inalienable right to free speech. But it's not absolute. And Republicans want to act like they are here for freedom of speech. Yet when it comes to kneeling silently, during the national anthem, oh, harumph, we've got to do something about that. And that extends to this first clip that I'm going to play you of Julie Banderas yesterday on Fox News, where she is complaining about pro-Palestinian protesters. And in an enraged, uh, she loses control, so much so that she, she, she postulates, postulates that these pro-Palestinian protesters need to be silenced. So much for free speech, right? Watch this. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. to be a part of it. Yeah, and exactly. And that is why Israel will kill anyone who gets in their way of trying to get to Hamas. When you kill Israelis, you kill yourself. And that's what Hamas did. And unfortunately, there are Palestinian civilians that are going to be caught up in the mix. And all those, you know, pro-Palestinian protesters that are so ignorant that do not understand the meaning and the reason why October 7th happened and why this war continues are ignorant and they must be silenced. Um, and I understand they have the right to protest, but it's just pure stupidity. I, I got to ask you that. They must be silenced. I understand they have the right to protest. Listen, peaceful protest in this country is an absolutely fundamentally protected right of free speech. But because it's not the side of an issue that she likes, they must be silenced. Also telling that she says Israel will kill anyone who gets in the way of their pursuit of Hamas. I guess that includes tens of thousands of children up to this point as well, which apparently, ostensibly, Julie Banderas is here for. This flies in the face of her earlier thoughts about free speech. In 2019, here's a clip of the same woman about the same issue, free speech, saying that it is illegal, having a fundamental misunderstanding of the law and the First Amendment of the Constitution of the United States, saying that it is illegal to burn the flag. Watch this. You have to always remember that what covers the coffin of a fallen soldier, right. the American flag, it is very important to honor it. Um, there was a video of somebody who uh, stopped a burning of the flag at a protest, I, I think it was yesterday, with his hands. Yes. It means a lot to a lot of people. Uh, so, yeah, there's also Yeah, no, that. two people were arrested after that. Yeah, yeah and just, certainly. Oh. And it's a crime to burn the American flag. That's how much we respect our American flag. Yeah. What I was going to say is uh, I couldn't get a flag on my shoe. You see how panicked that other lady looked at the end of the clip? Looking at the camera like, oh, I don't think that's true. <laughs> Look, uh, the American flag is a symbol 
It is iconography. I served in the United States Marine Corps for years. You know, I, the flag's great, all right. But it's absolutely within the realm of free speech to burn the flag, to deface the flag, to destroy the flag just as it is to kneel during one of the songs that represent our ideals as a country, that's what they say. Come on. Anyway, just more hypocrisy from, from, from Republicans, more hypocrisy from Fox News. It doesn't matter other than to rile up the base. That's the purpose. That's what they're, they're dedicated to the prospect of, is ensuring that their patriotism is upheld.